Hey, I'm Sarah from Hubbub and welcome back to the fifth episode of What on Earth. We are an environmental podcast and we look at the past, present and future of a sustainability issue. So last week we spoke about organic cotton. Uh, we got to meet this historian called Amber Butchart who was really amazing. She's fascinating. I could listen to her forever and ever. And we met a lady who makes dresses out of tea. It's pretty good, we think. So go and listen to it after this episode. But don't worry if you haven't listened to it. It won't affect your enjoyment of this episode, which is all about fast fashion. Fast fashion is a global industry and we can't know for sure, but people estimate that it produces 100 billion items of clothing every single year. And considering that in the UK, we throw away 200,000 tonnes of those clothes in the bin every year, we're basically not thinking about how what we're wearing affects the environment. But that's what What on Earth is here for. So today we're going to be chatting to the V&A about fashion history you know from the 50s till now it's just gone off the charts as far as how many clothes we expect to wear in our lifetime we'll also be speaking to hubbaba Lottie about how the fashion industry is affecting the environment there are new collections dropping every single week with brands sometimes every single day and finding out what we can do to make the fashion industry more sustainable so to kick things off, uh, our first interview is with a curator at the Victoria and Albert Museum. It is the best museum in London, in my opinion. A lot of their collection is to do with fashion and design. Uh, we got led through the labyrinth of the back offices of the museum uh, to speak to one of the curators, to learn about the amazing things that are in their vault, but also to discover something about the history of fashion and how we got where we are. Hi, I'm Connie Carol Burks. I'm curator of 20th and 21st century fashion and textiles at the V&A. And we're here in the furniture, textiles and fashion department of the V&A Museum. It's very exciting. We've come in all the back routes to see what's going on inside yeah, the V&A. The, the slightly less glamorous areas of the, of the museum. Yeah. So the reason that we came to talk to you um, is because you were a curator on the Fashion from Nature exhibition, mm-hmm. which had a huge part about sustainable fashion. And I was wondering from your perspective, why that's important for you guys. I suppose from um, the museum's point of view, uh, you know, we, we don't have um, a necessarily a political outlook, um, but we sort of want to reflect society now. And it's increasingly important topic within the fashion industry. So it would be sort of remiss of us not to look into that and not to examine it. And also, because we've got such a brilliant historic collection of fashion and textiles, uh, it meant we could tell that story you know, with the long view. So the the exhibition actually started in 1600 and goes to the present day and looks at the issues around sustainability or the impact of fashion on the environment through those 400 years. Especially in the 20th century, how has the way that we produce and consume fashion changed? Well, I mean, it sounds obvious to say, but it's, you know, it's sped up uh, an awful lot. Um, We're used to consuming an awful lot more. I mean, even from, you know, from the 50s till now, it's just gone off the chart as far as how many clothes we expect to wear in our lifetime or in one week. Um, That's down to societal changes because, you know, when we were looking at the objects that we've got from our collection from from earlier periods, there were very few people that could afford to really consume a lot of fashion. And so the pool of people exploiting the environment for their fashion was much, much smaller. So it was much, much more sustainable in that way. Whereas, you know, now we've got mass consumption because there's so many of us and it's great that we're all on a more equal footing and we can all afford more but at the same time it's meant that you know the environment has has suffered and how has it changed things for you 
as a collector, how does it fast fashion change what you can collect and keep? It's quite a, uh, um, it can be quite a confusing thing for us to uh, try and get our heads around within collecting for, for the V&A Museum. Um, I mean, historically, we've often veered towards collecting the sort of higher tier of fashion, um, mainly historically because that's what is kept and that's what survives. Um, and then through sort of the earlier 20th century, um, you know, the focus has quite often not been on couture pieces or one-off pieces. But we are much more, or we have been for, for, for many years, particularly since our street style exhibition from the 90s, much more conscious of the collection needing to reflect, you know, the whole of society um, and, and what everyone, what the person on the street is wearing, which makes it very, very hard when there's this proliferation <laughs> of fashion now. Because, you know, there's so many clothes being produced, so many different styles, so many different brands. We physically can't, keep all of those uh, we don't have the space we don't have the capacity um, I suppose it's a case of us trying to pinpoint particular objects that represent a number of things within one object and what does that look like some of the there were some really exciting pieces at the end of the exhibition so in terms of sustainable fashion where are we moving to I mean that's that's the million dollar question there's there's so much research into it and you know we were really lucky within the exhibition space to be able to show perhaps some of the more speculative ideas like the um, Diana Scherer roots dress uh, which is a dress that uh, so she's actually a fine artist she's not a a, a textile uh, practitioner Um, and she found a way to make these beautiful um, well they are basically textiles but they're made from the roots so she sort of trains the roots of grasses um, to grow in these beautiful patterns and make this textile structure and she made the first garment for us for the exhibition which was a dress which I was so relieved survived the full nine (laughs) months of the run um, because you know when you're trying these things out you don't know Um, and of course nobody can wear that dress in real life uh, but it was great to be able to sort of spark the potential the idea that in the future maybe we'll all grow our own clothes especially in the work that the vna does we're looking at history like you say we're taking one piece and then using that to look at a larger part of history so how do you think this moment in history might be viewed by people like you in the future uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't want to guess i wouldn't want to hazard a guess because um whatever i say is bound to be wrong um we are we are at a a sort of tipping point as far as consumption of fashion goes you know recycling it's, it's funny recycling fashion is such a part of the history of fashion and fashion has always been recycled and reused and then that sort of seems to seem to disappear um in the last 30 years really and that's it's a it's an idea we have to get back to um i don't know the downfall of capitalism is gonna <laughs> <laughs> i love that we're just going all the way <laughs> yeah, yeah why not <laughs> downfall of capitalism amazing <laughs> thank you so much the vna for having us we eventually found our way out of the back offices of the victoria and albert museum so that we could have a chat with hubba Lottie, who you've met already she was on the periods podcast she's going to talk to us about what's happening with the fashion industry in the present day and how it's affecting the environment Dottie is a fast fashion whiz as well as a period whiz. You'll have heard her on episode number three if you want to go back and listen to that. But today we're talking about fast fashion. And my first question is, what is fast fashion? 
Um, so fast fashion is something that actually loads of us don't understand. Uh, we found that 50% of women in the UK don't even know what it means. So to tell you what it means, it's a business model, which most of the brands that most of us probably buy our clothes from are subscribing to. It's a process where clothes are made really, really cheaply, really, really quickly. And that has a really kind of huge environmental cost because to make things that cheaply means you cut a lot of corners. And actually what's really interesting is... Those clothes are often inspired by trends and um, by trends I mean something that's on the catwalk or something that's on a celebrity but because we have so much more direct access to kind of what celebrities are wearing we've moved away from this kind of seasonal culture and actually we've now got 52 micro seasons a year which means that there are new collections dropping every single week with brands sometimes every single day. And that's so to clarify, we're not just talking about like online retailers. This is most shops on the high street as well that you would shop in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that includes supermarkets as well. If you think about places, uh, actually I won't name and show. <laughs> <laughs> Some supermarkets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we're not just buying our clothes from shops. We are also buying them from, from supermarkets as well. Um, but yeah, if, it, if it's on the high street and it's not a kind of small independent brand... They might be making some moves towards sustainability, but the likelihood is the way they're making their clothes. You you can't make that many clothes that quickly and it be sustainable. It, It just doesn't add up. And I know this is a very broad question, but what is the impact of fast fashion on the environment in summation? Oh, Sarah, that's such a big question. I know, I'm sorry. Um. So if you're thinking about, let's say you get a new top and you're thinking about it from the start, of its life to the end of its life Um, at the beginning there might be kind of environmental impacts in the way that the fabric has been made so it might be coming from oils or it might be really water intensive if it's cotton so yeah you know if you're wearing it something that's synthetic that will be made out of plastic so we all know what's what's wrong with plastic Mm. Um, and then the whole process is a really kind of complicated supply chain. So the item might have been like grown in one country, dyed in another, spun in another, made in another country. And it could pass through several countries by the time it gets to you. And that obviously has an impact in terms of transport because we're releasing a lot more CO2 into the atmosphere. But also there's a kind of massive chemical pollution that can happen in that process too, in terms of like the dyeing um, and the making of the clothes. That's just your making stage. And then, you know, you've got the the shopping and it's we're buying clothes that really aren't being made in the same way that they used to be. So they don't last as long. If you wear something that's synthetic, if you wash it, as we all do, it's actually one of the biggest contributors to microplastic pollution in our oceans, which is really terrifying because i mean of course we want to wash our clothes but and so many clothes are made out of synthetic fabrics exactly because it's seen as like easier more durable and it's really difficult because particularly a fabric you want to pick like what you can't really pick one fabric over another there are definitely better things out there so do look for signs like organic or recycled um and there's loads of kind of exciting fabrics that are coming up which will be the future of Mm -hmm. our clothing but in the kind of situation that we're in now you know synthetics and cotton like wool like They've all got different impacts. It could be really hard to judge which one's better than the other one. 
but yeah and then and then kind of lastly at the end of life we've got a really bad habit of just getting rid of stuff so we're sending 11 million items of clothing to a landfill in the UK every single week that's so many and I when I first heard about this I was like oh surely everyone takes her old stuff to try shots but we're not um we are literally putting them in the bin and I think at the back of our heads we think oh that's going to get sorted out somewhere in this process Mm. it's it's not it will end up in landfill um and if it's synthetic then it kind of has a slightly infinite life it would just it won't ever biodegrade it would just break down into more plastic that's terrifying Um, yeah i know it is (laughs) but uh yeah so we're producing lots and lots of waste as a result of this process and it's massively linked to our kind of misunderstood behavior so we aren't caring for our clothes the way that we should be um, and we're not really thinking about it when we get rid of them. So actually lots of people just wearing something once or twice, particularly to take photos mm. for social media and then they're just sort of chucking it in the bin or if they are taking it to a charity shop because we're buying stuff that's so low quality, the charity shops actually can't do anything with them and they can't resell them. So yeah. they end up um, being sent to kind of hopefully recycling facilities in some of them, but again, they might end up in landfill. And I've noticed as well with a lot of clothes that I've bought recently, if they're not super good quality, if like the hem comes down or there's a tear, I can't fix them because the fabric isn't even good enough quality to be like sewn up and there's no point in fixing them. You just buy something new. It seems a bit ridiculous. Absolutely. And like lots of us don't even understand what quality is. It's really, really hard to know what that looks like these days because we're not really used to it mm-hmm. um, and people get really confused and they think oh it's more expensive so it's better quality and actually you know a high fashion brand might be making their clothes in the same factory as a very cheap high street brand so actually the process that it's gone through might actually be very similar mm-hmm. um, there are simple things that you can look out for it's really like little subtlety so like if it's got a spare button that person's probably thought oh they're going to need to repair this at some time i expect this item to last enough time metal zippers over plastic zippers mm. are more are more durable and yeah well i don't know about men but i'm sure most women have experienced that thing when you've like had your eye on something for a while and then you finally get it and you put it on and you're like, oh, you can see my pants really All obvious. the time. Why is this so see-through? Why is it see-through? <laughs> and yes, we can go out and find some like nude pants from some special shop that are also VPL-less. It's just like an absolute nightmare. Um, but ultimately, the fabric should be good enough quality to not be see-through. Even, you know, if, even if it's a light fabric, it doesn't need to be see-through. Um, so that's that's a good way of looking at it. And also, if it has like a lining and things like that, they've taken a bit more care with the item. And then another, oh, sorry, another no, one. Okay. <laughs> um, this is a really simple one. But if you're buying something that's patterned, um, so let's say it's stripy, look at the seam and like if it matches up, then someone's probably taking a bit more time on the garment to make sure that it's matching up. Whereas if it doesn't, it's probably just been run through a machine really quickly. That's such a good hack. Check yeah. the fabric. <laughs> um, what I want to know is why... We haven't really heard much about this because sustainable fashion has only really become part of the conversation in the last couple of years for me. Um, And I'm wondering why it's a little bit behind other stuff like food. Um, Yeah, I mean, me too. Like, I only really have started to understand it. Well, I understood fashion had an impact and I understood it in the way that it was in. Like impacting people I think a lot of us know about you know sweatshops and people being underpaid and exploited but I really really did not understand the environmental 
issues and actually how linked those two things can be as well. So I think the reason we're only starting to understand it now is because firstly it's a really 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 difficult thing to map and there hasn't been a lot of transparency from brands and actually they are starting to move towards more transparency so we can start to understand their supply chain but you know what's also really interesting is uh the caring group who are a big fashion corporation yeah they own everyone they do (laughs) the head of caring is really into sustainability but he's married to Selma Hayek and she's really into sustainability. <gasps> and that's pretty much why this whole innovation is happening because they've created this blueprint of like how to track your supply chain. And now loads of other brands are starting to kind of buy into that, that process and model. But yeah, I mean, if you're thinking about food, I think we can all understand like if I put this item of food in the bin, it's not going anywhere. It's probably going to degrade. Whereas with your clothes, if you put it in the bin, I think people find it really hard to imagine like what happens to it and they don't even imagine what happens to it and they do just think at some point someone's going to sort it out and it will go somewhere or something will happen Um, and we all think that like textile recycling is really easy it's really really difficult we do not have enough machines to do it here at all the machines that we have in the world aren't really necessarily good enough as well so yeah I think I think it's a slow process it's really complicated but you know as we are all trying i do believe like we are all moving towards thinking a little bit more mindfully um particularly because of plastic and and david attenborough um i think we are starting to think a little bit more about everything that we use and we have to think about fashion in that conversation if we really want to have an impact that's better for the environment thank you so much lottie for coming on again you are our favorite guest and you are a genius Uh, but now we have to do some future gazing and find out what the future of sustainable fashion could look like so the future is hopefully a place where fast fashion doesn't exist and we all still have amazing wardrobes but in a slightly more or a completely more sustainable way i think it's important to note that being more sustainable with your fashion choices doesn't mean that you don't get to wear something cool and you don't get to express yourself through fashion because that's ultimately what it's there for you can look better by buying secondhand, by borrowing your mate's clothes, by finding something amazing in a charity shop that no one else is going to have. You can do all of the fun bits of fashion without having to hurt the planet just by digging a little deeper, doing something creative and trying something new. So don't feel like in order to make yourself feel good about yourself, you have to buy something that is fresh off of the shelves. Often there's more fun to be had elsewhere. So while we're moving away from a fast fashion industry, there are some really cool things going on. Companies who are making clothes that grow with your baby so you don't have to keep buying new clothes or companies like Patagonia who are designing clothes to be repaired for your entire lifetime. And then new business models like renting. We don't have to keep buying new stuff. Urban Outfitters are trialing renting, so it's becoming super mainstream. It means you can just like Netflix it's a subscription model you pay for your Urban Outfitters subscription so that you can get new stuff every month return it it gets washed and it gets sent to someone else and the carbon footprint of that is way way smaller than if we all bought something brand new and then threw it away so there are loads of really exciting things coming out but the things that you need to remember if you want to be more sustainable today are threefold one buy less it's super easy look in your wardrobe and see what you already have fall back in love with things that you maybe haven't worn in a while try swapping with your friends if there's loads of stuff in your wardrobe that you aren't wearing see if you can give it a new lease of life 
The second one is to buy better. If you do need to buy something new, then buy something you love that's good quality that you can wear again and again. And that doesn't necessarily have to come from a shop brand new off the shelves. It could be secondhand or it could be vintage, all of the other amazing stuff we've already spoken about. And number three is think about the end of life, the sad end of life of your clothes. Don't make it sadder by letting it rot in a landfill forever. Give it to your friends or donate it to a charity shop or recycle it. Make sure that it goes somewhere else. That's it. It's super easy. That's how you can be more sustainable. Thank you so much for listening. We have one more episode of this season, which is going to be all about climate change. We're really excited and we hope you are too. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you normally get them. We're everywhere now. And leave us a review. We want to know what you think. Tell us. Make sure it's five stars. Someone's yelling at me saying five stars, five stars. Do whatever you want, but it is five stars. So... (laughs) Uh, we're on Twitter we're on Instagram we're on YouTube let me know what you think if you have any questions or you have any suggestions for what could be on series 2 of the podcast send them over thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next week bye